Hey everyone, you are listening to Jive Talking with Kevin Levin, the show where we explore the meaning of authenticity through an honest discussion about culture, art, life, and everything in between. I'm on a quest to figure out who I am and how I can best nurture the connections that inspire me. And this podcast is an opportunity to do just that. This show seeks to uplift, encourage, and spark meaningful discussions. So I'm glad you decided to drop by. Every week, I intend to address a different subject matter. I want to experience the ideas, colors, and flavors expressed through different cultures and storied ways of being. I'm going to share some thoughts, and I hope to hear yours as well. At the end of the week, I'll compile stories, considerations, and comments, and I'll share how they helped me grow and how you made me think. Today's episode focuses on the concept of intentional partnerships and features my partner, Grace Carter, who is honestly my best friend and an inspiration to me. I hope that this episode helps spark a conversation about what it means to have a partner in a relationship and how meaningful and intentional relationships can help us, you know, as individuals, live better lives. First, we're going to begin by playing the game We're Not Really Strangers to open up our discussion. Second, we're going to dive into an interview format that begins to look at some of the lessons that we've learned in our relationship together. And third, I'm going to wrap it up by summarizing some of the main points that we covered throughout. So let's get into it. Last time on Jive Talking with Kevin Levin, we heard the following. My goal here is to reclaim power in that word. I want Jive Talking to be about having discussions that are meaningful, having dialogue with people that is constructive, creative, and forward-thinking. That's what I want. And probably what it was. And probably what it was, yeah. Crucial point from Grace here. She'll pop in from time to time. Since this show is about having real conversations with real people, it only made sense that the first interview would feature my partner, Grace. And so today... We're going to explore the mind of Grace Carter. So today we're going to begin by playing a couple rounds of We're Not Really Strangers. Grace and I are around each other a ton. And I think that this game is really helpful for helping us to explore new areas of our own relationship. And it's helped us grow the handful of times that we've played it. And it's very special, so... And it'll help you get to know us a little bit, too. Hmm, okay. Since we're not really strangers. No. (laughs) Would you like to start? Um, let's see. I think I want you to start. Level one, perception. Do you think I've ever been fired from a job? And if so, what for? I do not think that you've been fired from a job. 
if you got fired from something, the question asks, um, yeah, if so, what for? If so, what would you get fired for? Yeah. Um, I don't think that you would get fired from a job before you quit a job, mm. personally. Okay. Because of your curiosity. I think that if you were to quit a job, it would be because you got bored of it. Mm. Uh, and I think that you would notice before they would notice, thus they would not fire you. But that would be the reason that you left. So, inevitably, that would be the reason that you got fired. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. Okay. Okay. Your turn. Got a card fanned out here. So feel free to draw any of them that look appealing. Do you think that I intimidate others? Why or why not? For sure. 100%. Like when you're in your element, you just seem so sharp and so capable and so present, I think. Like, when you're in your bag, like, when you're comfortable, mm. or not necessarily, like, completely comfortable, you know, because, you know, I think this could apply even to the live performances that I've seen you do in the past, singing mm. at jazz clubs mm. and, you know, in front of, like, baseball stadiums, I've heard. Your, like, presence... And your, like, um, mindfulness, like, in those moments, I suppose, like, is, like, both, like, uh, inspirational and also captivating. Mm. And so I think that's why people see you and they're like, oh, she's a leader. Mm. And I think it's that presence that you bring and that, like, attention to detail and that, like, care and... um, Uh, mindfulness that you have Mm. like when you are in your bag Mm. irregardless if the situation requires bravery or not Mm. like I feel like that is what would be intimidating because in those moments and it's not just like in a professional setting or in a you know very serious setting like even in like very lighthearted, you know kind of like mundane moments it's like you're presence that you bring um, contained all those qualities Um, Mm. and I guess what like underlies a lot of the things that I've said is like there's like a maturity there Mm. and like a like a self-awareness and I think if people aren't like in a position where they themselves like uh, feel that they have that level of like self-awareness or like seeing you is like there's this recognition of just like oh like I'm different in ways that like I am now aware of Mm -hmm. like based on like my experience and my interaction with you and I think that that can Mm -hmm. be intimidating it's like now I'm feeling things that I didn't realize that Mm -hmm. were you know that were there Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah that's my response thanks okay let's see what I get So this is actually just a reminder. Let go of your attachment to the outcome. Mm, That's important. Your turn. No, come on now. (laughs) That's not good. That's not good enough. All right. Okay. What about me 
is most strange or unfamiliar to you? Mm, that's interesting. Isn't it? That's an interesting question. To I've ask. never heard that question before. What about you mm-hmm. is the most strange? Or unfamiliar. Or unfamiliar. Yeah. Mm. That you lived in the same town your whole life. That I lived in the same town my whole life. Yeah. Say more on that. Uh, most people, that's true. They've lived in the same town their whole life. Mm-hmm. But I think with you, I get to truly understand what that means mm-hmm. in a whole person context. Like we said, like we spend a lot of time together, mm-hmm. and I know you very well, mm-hmm. which is why this interview is unique because I know you so well, and you know me so well. Right. But something that is strange for me is that you have a home. Mm-hmm. When you were talking to your mother a few a few minutes ago, you she said, "Oh, you're gonna come home," and for me, that's where my family is, mm-hmm. and it's always a temporary phrase Mm. but when she said it I was in the kitchen and reflecting on she really means home home Mm. that's never changed Mm. Uh, wow I really appreciate the fact that you said home home because I just want to bring attention to the fact that in the black community when you repeat yourself in that way and add that emphasis it could mean so many things Mm -hmm. it can mean so many things but in this context home home that means the place you've been to that uh that post that you sent me on instagram that's the place you be (laughs) past present future tense all in one yeah so that is the thing that is most unfamiliar to me Mm. uh that your formative years we're in one location mm. and that formed who you are, that mm. place okay. that you can point to right. and explain and show me. Hmm. Okay. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's helpful. Mm-hmm. Your turn. Based on what you learned about me, what book would you recommend I read? Mm. I want you to read Happy Yellow Sun. Happy Yellow Sun. Yes. By Chimimanda. Adichie. And why is that? The, it is such a incredible book. And it's about revolution. And it's about grief. Mm. And it's about... A humbling. It's about a, a people. Mm. It's about war. Mm. Uh, it's about family. It's about being different. Mm. Uh, there's intellectual conversation. Right. Um, it speaks on pain and it speaks on joy, and I think that you would love it. And I don't think it's similar to the things you have read. Mm. That's a pretty great pitch mm. I'll read it <laughs> <laughs> I hope you do mm. okay final question Kevin Lewis Dabney Levin mm. what do you admire most about me wow 
That's what it says. <laughs> yes. Mm. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. What do I admire most about you? I think... I admire your grit. <laughs> I admire your grit, your tenacity, and your undulterated joy. I'll give you those three, and I'll give you a little bit of detail behind each one. Grit speaks to the most positive uh, uh, attribute of your stubbornness. <laughs> you are probably the most stubborn person I know. And when that aspect of yourself aligns with the things that you're passionate about or that you care about, it's pretty incredible to watch as you basically say, odds, what odds? <laughs> I will overcome them. <laughs> not because it is easy, certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> but because I must. And that's pretty powerful. I think the tenacity is like the, the energy with which you throw yourself at those odds. <laughs> it's like high velocity. <laughs> I will whittle you down. <laughs> odds, I will break you down. <laughs> regardless of the cost. Um, and a little, I think those two things are kind of like wrapped together, but the unadulterated joy, I think when you are experiencing that joy and it's fairly often, I feel like one of the things that I, you know, appreciate most about you and that I guess that I admire as well is that you're not afraid to let your joy flow mm. if that makes sense mm. and when you're experiencing joy it's like it's like radiant like your expression of that is like vastly different than most other people that I've interacted with it's mm. like um suppose there's 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 no fear mm. to be to be had there mm. there's no trace of it and that's really admirable thanks welcome so what question do you want to ask me today hmm. well Grace, I, I want to just kind of chat about our partnership. Mm. As of last month, we've now been together for four years. We've seen a lot. We've traveled extensively together. We've grown. We've been there for one another. And I feel like this is as good an opportunity as any to kind of reflect on what a partnership is, mm -hmm. why we continue 
to come back to one another and share some of that story so that we can reflect on it later. Mm. So let's just step back for a bit. I want to let it be known that Grace is a rock star. (laughs) Reason being, she's not only a student of engineering, but she's also passionate about design, about culture, about art, sustainability, water systems, language, and I'm glad that you decided to grace us oh my goodness <laughs> with your presence here today had to go there had to go there i'm passionate about self-care and emotions and mental health mm. and mental awareness mm. what's something that you've either learned recently or been made aware of recently related to mental health and self-care that you'd like to share with us? Uh, mental health and self-care. Hmm. I change my outfit about three to five times a day. And That's about how often most people eat per day. Yeah, I also eat, yeah three to five times per day. Mm-hmm. Uh, changing my outfit. I think I've had a rough couple of months and I usually only wore two outfits a day. Okay. And Like a going out outfit and then like your home outfit? Well, we didn't leave the house. So there was my early morning outfit and then my work outfit, mm-hmm. you know? But today I've been having a really good day and I've changed it five times. And how does that relate to self-care and mental health? I use my clothes as a reminder to myself Mm. of how I am feeling. Mm. And I take a moment, I almost I take a mindful moment to check in with myself Mm -hmm. and I ask my body, how do I want to look today? And how do I want to look right now? Right. And allowing myself to change my clothes affirms that I am a changing person. Hmm. That I can change throughout the day. Hmm. So I wore a pencil skirt and a button-down, you know, shirt dress. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Was that what they're called? Dress shirt. Shimmies. Shimmies. Mm-hmm. And now I'm wearing my favorite hoodie with earrings and lipstick. Mm-hmm. And for a time I was wearing a big hoodie so that I could work. And I'm a dynamic person. It's a reminder that to, to myself that I can change and that my situation changes hour by hour, minute to minute. Mm-hmm. And that nothing is stuck. Mm. So I suppose that's my note. Uh, change your clothes, change your mind. You know, I think there's a lot of truth in that. I will say, 
I really enjoy changing my clothes to go out in part because I feel like it helps me set the tone for whatever it is that I'm about to do. And that amidst the pandemic, there are many, there, upon many occasions, I found myself wearing the same thing over and over again without even really thinking about it. And hearing you express this connection between your fashion statement or statements throughout the day, I kind of realized um, that more times than once, I've found myself like in a funk that just feels really weighty. And it's not really the place that I would like to reside, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And you've encouraged me in those moments change your clothes, wash your face, take a shower, work out. And then choose an outfit that reflects where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And since I've been doing that more regularly, I feel that I have been a lot more confident in my decisions Mm -hmm. and in my actions. Mm -hmm. And so there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of truth to be, to be unpacked there. And I'm glad that you decided to focus on that as opposed to something else. (laughs) You know, I think in relation to that funk or that like uh, stagnant feeling that I felt, it kind of relates to my mantra for 2021, which is something that I've been trying to remind myself regularly so that I can grow as a person. My mantra this year is no unnecessary pain. And you mentioned that that idea really resonated with you. Could you say something about that or say more on that? Um, well, I, I don't know if you understand it this way, but I understand it this way, let's say, mm-hmm. that I think for most of our relationship, mm-hmm. I have encouraged you that this extra step of that the extra step that may feel inconvenience Mm -hmm. that may feel like inconvenience is worth it Mm -hmm. so if you're holding something in your hand that you no longer want to be holding it's worth it to take that millisecond to put it down that freedom is worth it Mm -hmm. or spending a a little extra time to make the bed right it's worth it mm. uh, and so maybe not physical pain but you know you have a scratch on your leg from running into that desk or object that was in the hallway and you didn't move it three times you didn't move it yeah and the, it took you the third time running into it and scratching your leg to move it yeah, at that moment, you know, enough was enough. Enough was enough, but you could have moved it after the first time. Yeah, that's true. And I think for me, what it's about is recognizing that I can make a change. I can mm-hmm. act. 
act. Yeah, I have and an I agency. Think, I think what's what's been the process for you is acknowledging when you could be more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, taking a moment to say, do I actually want to be sitting here? Do I actually want to be doing this? Mm-hmm. No. And I think even asking that question is a privilege. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have had the privilege to be... I have not been in want of anything, I think, mm-hmm. my entire life. And any material thing, anyway. Mm-hmm. And I can say, I don't... I, Maybe in part of how I was raised, too, that I had somebody constantly asking me, is this what you want? Mm. Do you want to be doing that? Mm. Do you want to be doing something else? Mm. And the idea of wanting was asked of me. What do I want? What do I want? Right. And and my friends will tell you, I think, I'm prone to being comfortable. Mm. I like to be comfortable. Mm. And I will go through great lengths to be comfortable. And I've always been that way. Right. And there's so many baby pictures of me walking around the house. And I have my sippy cup, my blanket, and my pacifier, and mm. my stuffed animal, mm. and a pillow. And yeah. I always set up. I set up camp every, mm. every place I went. Um, you know, I think to give some additional context what that mantra means to me is about distinguishing when am am I intentionally sitting in discomfort Mm. or am I unintentionally sitting in pain Mm -hmm. and being able to distinguish between those two things because there's a big difference between discomfort and pain. Mm -hmm. Discomfort is a state which can lead to growth, which can lead to transformation and Oftentimes, when we're trying to transition from where we're at to where we want to go, there can be and often is, you know, some discomfort that's associated with that because change isn't always easy. In fact, sometimes, you know, it's quite difficult. It's quite hard. But am I choosing to sit in discomfort for the sake of something that I want or for some particular reason? Or am I unintentionally, like absentmindedly sitting in pain? And so much of this, like, for example, is just about literally, like, how am I, like, what is my posture like? And then realizing, like, oh, like, my lower back doesn't feel good, you know, because I have been sitting in this, like, really awkward position for a long time. And I don't have to be sitting in this position at all. In fact, I could be in a great number of other positions to begin with or I could be doing something else altogether and that is an option as well Mm. but I think it's kind of just about um, uh, inviting more mindfulness into my day-to-day experience really as well and you learned that from a friend Sarah Carpenter who's a dear friend dear friend who you might interview at some point yeah more great insights on the way there if you're listening we appreciate you (laughs) okay so kind of like switching gears a little bit I was reflecting on this the other day when we first started dating you interviewed me Mm -hmm. what inspired you to do that 
What inspired me to interview you when we first started dating? Mm-hmm. For context, we had a conversation on whether we were interested in each other, and that conversation was affirmative. And Kevin then stated later in the week that he was so glad to be dating me, and I informed him that we were not dating because he did not ask me out. And before he asked me out, I had a few questions and clarifications to make before I was willing to have him ask me. Uh, Thus, an interview took place, and I asked him questions about what his, who his role models were, what kind of uh, relationship he wanted, what he felt he brought to the table, what his insecurities were, what he believed his uh, weaknesses were. Uh, By no means were these, what's your favorite color? No. <laughs> no, no, I didn't care. What's your favorite Beatles song or whatever? I don't care whatever. about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, inconsequential. <laughs> uh, it's fluffy stuff. Uh, yes, well, I had gotten out of a challenging relationship uh, before our relationship and I had gone to to therapy for a year a very inexpensive like program within JMU mm-hmm. and learned what I liked and learned what I needed mm-hmm. and had my needs affirmed and clarified and in that challenging relationship I did not feel affirmed and I felt my needs were over the top or not necessary and so what I needed was the security that you weren't going to leave suddenly or that you had an understanding of what you wanted and what kind of relationship you were truly shooting for Mm. because I couldn't be inconsequential to you Mm. If that makes sense. No, that, that definitely makes sense. I will say, I really did appreciate the fact that you asked me to reflect on what relationships were impactful in my own like conception of like how our... I suppose let me back up. I appreciated the fact that you encouraged me to reflect on what it was that I wanted from a partnership. Mm -hmm. And for me, communication is huge. And I demand a certain level of honesty from myself and when you asked me those questions I wanted to be truthful with you but I also wanted to know that when I was sharing my peace and speaking my truth that what was being expressed was authentic and was real mm-hmm. and so when you asked me like who were my role models for a good relationship 
I had to sit and think, well, you know, nobody else is asking me this question. I didn't have a ready-made answer. <laughs> and so I had to think about it, <laughs> you know. And, and I, I answered the questions, too. Yeah, you answered the questions as well. And so it was a, it was a, a back and forth. Uh, it was a it was an equal exchange, equivalent exchange, mm-hmm. and that was that was good. All right, my next and last question for you is: What does having an intentional partnership mean for you? I've explained this before. I'll explain it again. It's like we're playing a two-player game. Mm-hmm. And I have a bow and arrow, mm-hmm. and you've got a gun, or okay. vice versa. Sure. What weapon do you want? What is your weapon of choice? Actually, I'll, I'll go out for a slingshot. A slingshot? Yeah. Like Usopp? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was I, actually what I thought. Okay, so yes, you have a slingshot, mm-hmm. and I have a bow and arrow. Yeah. And we walk into like a warehouse storage room situation, mm. and... I can turn around Mm -hmm. and we can be back to back Mm. and you have my back and I have yours. Right. That is what an intentional partnership is to me. So it's about balance. It's about balance, but it's about trust. It's about constantly checking in, Mm. constantly checking in. You good back there? You good? (laughs) Duck, like, like move to your right, bro. There's something coming. And I can't see what you can see. Right. It's almost like having eyes in the back of your head Mm -hmm. because you got somebody there to support you, to support the combined us. Mm-hmm. And and you can't see what I can see. And if I was playing by myself, I'd be good. Yeah, you'd be all right. I'd be good. You have like a full screen. I have a full screen to myself. Yeah. So I'd be good. Yeah, well, that's one of the biggest difficulties of playing any kind of two-player game, especially the old ones. You split the screen and just like right off top, like that means that like your attention and your focus has to be even more honed into what's in front of you. Yes. And I think that's true in a relationship as well. Mm. That if I'm just by myself, I can be in my own energy. That's all I got to worry about. And Mm. I love that. Don't get me wrong. Mm. I love that. Uh, And I feel in my power and in my right Mm -hmm. when I'm in that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think that there's two that we walk into that warehouse and I'm on the upper level Mm -hmm. and you're on the lower level. Mm -hmm. And I cannot see you. But I know we're both moving forward. Mm. And you got the people down there, and I got the people up here, and Mm. we're going to get to the other side, and I'm going to see you there. Mm. Okay. So that's the other side of the intentional partnership, too, that I don't have to be right back-to-back with you. Right. And you trust me to go off by myself and kill all the people at the top floor. Right, right. And if I don't see you at the bottom floor, they must have been real, real mean. Right, you know, I'm, you, you, you know that I'm back there doing the best I yeah, can. Yeah, the best you can. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't go back there. Yeah, yeah, might need to check <laughs> I'm just going to wait. <laughs> because that's, that's, your, that's your fight. Right. I don't want to jump in the back, freak everybody out. Maybe you were finished. Maybe, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, that's not my responsibility, though. Yeah, but I guess that trust piece. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to wait here. And I think we're, we've been watching One Piece. And one of my favorite things about Luffy mm-hmm. is when somebody tells him 
a definitive action or a definitive decision, mm-hmm. he does it yeah. without thinking. Mm. And I think that is the highest form of respect mm. for someone mm. to say. I'm trying to think of, I mean, in just this episode, there was that little girl who he stretched out his arm and, and caught her. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, you have your arm stretches. And he said, yeah, my arm stretches. And she said, drop me down here. And he said, okay. Mm. And everybody on the ship asked, what are you doing? Mm. And he said, I don't know. (laughs) But she made a request and he followed it. Mm. Uh, And anytime anybody stops, anybody has, has their own fight, they say, keep going, I'm gonna fight my fight. And he says, okay. And he keeps going. And I think in so many films and in so much media and stories we consume, especially American stories, mm-hmm. uh, there's a hesitation. There's a, are you sure? Mm-hmm. We'll wait with you. We'll fight with you. Mm-hmm. We're your friend. We won't leave you behind. Mm-hmm. And he's so quick to leave people behind. Mm-hmm. Even with Nami, mm-hmm. when that ship took off, when she said, start going. And he said, okay. No, it, there's no second to, 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 to second guess because mm. he takes people at their word mm. and he trusts that they know what they're doing mm. and they're communicating what they need or what they want. Mm. Um, so to the two-player game, mm. you say, I'm going to do my fight down here and I can't see you. Mm. It's my responsibility to wait on the other side. Right. And I think a piece that's really important that I kind of want to like parse out a bit is that in addition to that trust there, there is like almost like a agreed upon but unstated like contract that's there alongside that trust. We stated it. But (laughs) that... I'm going to express what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. I can't read minds. Right. I can do a lot, though. We can do a lot, but neither of us are mind readers. Mm. Right. I'm going to express what I'm going through. So when I share what I'm experiencing, what I'm going through, what I need, you can believe that what I am saying is true. I don't know if I can believe it because sometimes I do not. I will be honest. But I have to take it. Hmm. Even the other day I asked, is this okay? And an hour later I learned it was not. But you also did not know. You said, yes, it was okay. And I thought, I do not think this is okay. He says it is okay. I will move forward. And it's not my responsibility. I, 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 it's my responsibility maybe to to check in hmm. and continue to check in. And I think that there's a a level two where if if it was a you know a, a highly sensitive issue or I saw you become distraught or I saw you disengage, then there's another check in. I think that I'm responsible to make. Uh, Yeah. Thank you for interviewing me.
thank you for being interviewed. Appreciate you. Love you. For the record, I will let the people know that I did say I love you back, but and the microphone was turned off. And that's okay. All right. So in this episode, Grace and I played a few rounds of the game. We're not really strangers. We dove a little bit into what an intentional partnership means for us and we shared experiences from our own combined journey so far. Thanks for checking it out. So that's what I have for you this week. This is Grace and our thoughts on intentional partnership. I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are as well. You can get back to us either through social media on Instagram or you can leave us a voice memo on the Anchor app. Either way, I hope you enjoyed listening to this show. And if you have any feedback, you know we want to hear it. I hope you have a great day. Later. Later.